Hey, we are excited to announce a new 30-day connection challenge. So there's something we haven't done before. We'll get to the intro. I know, I know the intro is supposed to be going now. There's supposed to be music in the background, but there's not. Here's the quick details. We got a 30-day connection challenge. This is designed to help you spiritually, physically, emotionally, help you in every area of your life. This is designed to deepen your connection with your wife, help you just enjoy being around your kids more, help you connect with God more. These are little tests every day. Most of them are very simple to do. Don't take very long, but it's something to stay plugged in, stay consistent, you know, just build your focus around what's truly important to you. So here's the details. Join the Journey of a Christian Dad Facebook page. We'll be updating that daily. There'll be competitions. There'll be updates. There'll be people, you know, throwing videos out there. So it's designed to be a lot of fun. You don't have to do all of the challenges. Do some, do all whatever your pace is, do what you can. There's no all or nothing rule here. Just jump in and have fun with it. If for some reason you're not on Facebook and can't join the group, uh, email me at the Christian dad podcast at gmail.com, the Christian dad podcast at gmail.com. And I'll email the challenge to you. This one starts. If you can hear it, if you can hear this podcast, jump in, check it out. It starts right now. So on with the show. See ya. Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job. And that man is you. You may not feel qualified. And some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Another week, another time to roll. God's been moving in my life. It has been absolutely crazy. So we're going to throw a twist at you guys this week. So this week, we actually have a live review. We've got a caller that called in. This week's review of the week is from Yoda. Yoda? Let her rip. Hmm? Hello, how are you doing today? Hmm? <laughs> hey guys, this is Jeff. And I just want to let you know that the review here, Journey of a Christian Dad podcast, you know, it just reminded me here as a Christian dad myself. I love it. I love the way that Dan is just really knocking this thing out of the park and, you know, helping us draw closer to the Lord. Because as Christian dads, we need that. We need the Holy Spirit of God to help us to be better dads. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Yoda. Appreciate it a bunch. Guys, that happens to be our guest for the week. We did not get a review last week. So help me out. Throw some reviews on there. Apple or Audible or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those are the two primary ones that allow you to write reviews. So with that said, I got an exciting guest on with us today. He's got uh, menunplugged.net is his website. He's written a book called Faith Without Fear, How to Share What You Believe with Confidence and Power and also cut through the noise, four steps to joy, peace, and freedom. In the past, we've had guests talk about silence, talk about dwelling with God, just resting with God. That's something as men, we have a tough time doing is unplugging. So we've got Men Unplugged here with us today, Jeff Jarena. Jeff, welcome. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Dan, thank you so much. And man, I hope I did that Yoda impression pretty good. I, I, I love to do that impression, but I don't know how it came over because you, right before you said, Jeff, do the review of the show. I was like, man, you put me on the spot. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I did that well. 
And I just want to say, hey, guys that are listening right now, and I'm just fired up, Dan, ready to help men ignite their faith and succeed in life. Well, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate the fact that you've listened to the show. Like, that's really, really cool. And it's an awesome honor to have you come on my show. Like, uh, I really, really appreciate it. So you, like most of the guests that come on, a dad, faith-based, have some kids. Tell us a little bit about your family and, uh, you know, how you got to where you are today. Well, that's a great question. My wife and I will be married almost 13 years coming in December. And we have two children. One's 11, the other one's four. Um, a daughter and a son. So I actually just turned 50 back July 28th. Now my wife is younger than me. I got married late in life. Uh, God had to do a lot of work in me and still is doing that. He knew that I need somebody that really loved the Lord. You know, it could take care of me when I get older, you know, I need somebody that was younger, (laughs) (laughs) but if I sound tired, it's because I am tired, right? Because the kids, but that's our family. And we're just trying to do the best that we can knowing that we don't always get it right. And, uh, you know, probably like most of the dads listening to the show, you're just busy all the time running your kids around all over the place. And really what's happening is they're running you around. So, uh, again, thank you so much uh, for that question and for being on the show. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned the word busy. So the people I hang around when I hear that word busy, I'm like, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. They got to be a little bit closer to me to have this conversation with them. But busy sounds like there's too much coming at us. It sounds, uh, some people wear it like a badge of honor and that kind of thing. And yeah. I'm like, well, back up. We got to stop for a second. Let's evaluate, you know, what if we replace the word busy with the word blessed? Mm, that's big, man. I mean, it, it's almost like it, as a guy, um, even as Christian men, we, we say that busier we are, it's almost like we relate that to our identity. You know, yes. our identity is in Christ. But the business, it's funny you say that. Can, can I say this? Because I'm, I'm just going to interject myself here. Do, do. And you ask somebody, you say, hey, you know, can you do this for me? Or let's, let's get fired up. Let's do this study. Let's do this, whatever it is. A lot of times where you hear from a guy is, man, I'm too busy. And really what that's code for is I'm attracted by or distracted to something other than spending time with God. Okay. And I'm sure you'll hit this up at some point, but that's really what the book Cut Through the Noise is about. It helps you in four steps to eliminate or remove those distractions so you can find that space, that margin. So you can create this more, this time. So you're now able to rest and spend with God. And by doing that, you're going to balance your life. You're going to be able to achieve the stuff that you want to achieve, live out your purpose and really draw closer. And, and I would say, strengthen your other relationships. So where did this topic come from for you? You just brought that book up, which we're going to talk about anyway. So might as well roll right into that. How did this topic become important for you? I appreciate you asking me that. Um, Really, it was just based out of my own struggles, you know, my own failures. It was back in 2018. And I just launched the Men Unplugged show, you know, the Men Unplugged podcast. And I was trying to get the word out about, you know, all these amazing guys that were on the show and how we were providing this biblical wisdom and practical steps and all these different things that, that I was like, look, guys need to find out, out about this. Christian men need to understand or know about this show and the online resources that we have. And as I did that, you know, Facebook was much, was different than it is now. I mean, you could, you could send out a post and you could get an audience. Now it's a lot different. I went, we spoke about this a little bit before mm-hmm. big tech is much different. They're doing a lot of different stuff now when you have a post, if you have a platform, they don't send it out now. They're only sending out 5% of your post to your audience. 
Mm-hmm. That's all they're sending out. They want you to pay for the rest. Right. But anyway, you know, I was trying to cut through the noise of all the marketing, the advertising that we get. Do you know, Dan, that we get over 4,000 advertising messages a day? A day. A yeah. day. Yeah. That's crazy. And so I was trying to cut through the noise and, and I had hired a team to help me do that. And I kept telling them, we got to cut through the noise. We got to cut through the noise. And then one day, it's a Friday night. It's what we call movie night, pizza night. Yeah. At my family. It's at my house. And we make our own pizzas. And, and I just went outside. To this day, I don't know why I did it, Dan. I, I don't understand it. But it was, you know, like early fall. So about 7, 730. I could go out. You could see the stars. And I went outside. And I'm looking at the stars. And one of the constellations that I love is Orion, right? It's just easy to find that. And okay. I was looking at that. And, you know, tears just started coming down my face. And I was like, what's going on? And I just felt the Lord impress upon me. This is what the Holy Spirit said. He said, Jeff, you're spending all this time trying to cut through the noise in the secular world. You're not cutting through the noise in your own life to connect with me. And then that was when it hit me that, you know, Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. Not just be still physically, but be still in your spirit. And that's when I realized I got to do something different. And then God showed me the system, this four-step system. Let her rip. (laughs) I'm trying to know. (laughs) Well, I know not to take up the whole deal here. What I can tell you is that the first step of these four steps, I think is the toughest. Okay. And I will tell you that this step, these four steps, I don't want to give it away because I'd have to explain it to really help it make sense. Okay. Okay. um, The four steps are based on one word that we do but we don't do it enough and we don't do it right. And we don't do it spiritually right. The first step is to recognize your distractions. And the reason why I think that's so hard, Dan, is because as men, as dads, what's so difficult is to take that initial pause, to stop, to mm-hmm. break away from all the madness so you can break through to hear God's voice. And if you can just take, 10, 15 minutes, and I show you how to do it in the book, how to do that. If you can just recognize what those things are that you're attracted to other than Jesus, if you can do that, then you know what? The rest of the steps are so much easier and your life will start getting back in order with a proper focus. That's a huge one right there. Just taking that pause and reflecting. So I, I was actually working with a guy earlier today and he was explaining a bunch of things and what he's wanting to accomplish. And I said, have you ever done a time audit before? And he just looked at me. I was like, here's what I'm talking about. Just write down what you're doing as you're going about your day or stop at the end of the day and write down, fill in your time blocks and what you actually did. And if you can remember in this case, I'm like, and take your thoughts, right? especially like unfiltered. Like if you can remember things that you've been thinking about throughout the day and kind of timeline them kind of thing, he's like, okay. And then what? I'm like, do that for probably five days. And at the end of the five days, you should start seeing some repetitive things. I go, and what you'll probably notice is five to nine non-productive things that you think about all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dan, you know, uh, so that's great time on it. What I call is a life map. I call it a life map because it's really going to map out what your activities are, what's distracting and your thoughts, all these different things. And, and a lot of this stuff, even good stuff, what I talk about in the book, even good stuff, stuff that isn't immoral, the stuff that we have to do on a daily basis, whether that's taking your son or daughter to soccer practice, a 
tennis match, whatever that is, or basketball game, whatever that is, those are still things that can really eat up your time and take away that needed, uh, those needed moments, what I call the power of pause that we need to spend with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I will say another thing that is even a good thing, it's volunteering in ministry or church. I mean, I learned this years and years ago is that you can get to where you can love being there. You can love all these Bible studies and all these activities. But yet, if you're not spending that quality alone time, I want to talk, I want to be specific here, alone time with God, then you know what? Your spirit, your heart's going to end up, you know, you're going to be apathetic. You're going to be passive. And we need to get that fuel from the Lord every day. Yeah, absolutely. And that alone time, that donating your time or being involved around the church community, whichever one that is. I know some of the listeners that are listening to this podcast don't necessarily belong to what consider themselves belonging to a church community. I was talking to a different friend of mine the other day, and he was talking about just organizations and merit and his marriage and his friends and his groups he's in. And it's like, every time I get to questioning whether or not that relationship or group or whatever is serving me, and I'm trying to think what I'm getting from it, I ask a different question when I'm frustrated, what am I giving to that group? And Good so question. you're talking about being plugged in at your church community and being involved with groups, donating your time. And it's like that quite, what are you giving to that group? Where are you putting in? And if you're not putting in, you're not connected. Chances are you're also not receiving all that much either. Right. And on that, what, and part of what I'm saying here is, you know, giving yourself, but if you give too much of yourself, you're going to lose yourself. Don't lose yes. that intimacy with the Lord for the sake of being in fellowship and community. Because you know what? We got to have this fellowship and community with God first, and then we can give more. We're able to help more, serve more in these other areas as long as we're being filled up. You know, that spiritual tank is filled up with the Lord first. Yeah, I was talking with the same guy today, and he says, I'm afraid to tell my wife I'm going away for the weekend by myself to do an individual solo spiritual retreat. Hmm. Well, man. What would you tell him? Let me ask you that. What'd you tell him? He followed it right up with, as soon as I tell my wife, my wife is going to be so supportive and encouraging, and she's going to love the fact that I chose to commit and do this. Yeah. And let's be honest. She's going to have fun by herself, right? She's going to be watching a bunch of movies, right? I mean, let's be honest. That's what yeah, she's going to do. Yeah, she's yeah, like, get out yeah. of the house, dude. <laughs> yeah. This, this guy's told me what his vision was and being out on a canoe in the middle of nowhere in a place that isn't a stream or a river or anything more of a finger lake uh situation i'm like you're just gonna be lost with yourself there's not gonna be many people out there and he's like it's gonna be great and i'm gonna be able to connect with the lord and so i i feel like that's gonna happen pretty soon for him and uh excited for him but yeah it was funny he's like no my wife's gonna be supportive of this <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so it was him holding his own self back but you know just taking some time we went on a beach vacation a little while ago and, you know, I ran about eight miles on the beach. I didn't mean to run that long. It was supposed Man. to be a two or three mile run. Yeah. Next thing you know, I looked down and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just ran four miles in the same direction. Man, that now that's a long beach. Where was that? So this was uh, outside of Clearwater Beach. So we're in. Okay. So in Florida, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, that's my jam right there. I love that place. Uh, yeah. Santa Rosa. That's my, that's my jam right there. Santa, Santa Rosa. Florida. Okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it was, it was just fantastic to be able to see all the different things you see on the beach. And like, I think I was reading some of your, some of your writing and it was stopping and appreciating what God does and what he has done. And 
like seeing it, taking it in. I was like, there's nothing but eight miles of community with him, just appreciating every little thing. Cause there's so much when you're not there all the time, you can see a lot of differences there on the beach and all the buildings and houses and the people. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Blessing Jeff. right there, brother. That's a blessing. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, it really was. Absolutely. So what'd you run it in? What was your time? You got to say, uh, 40 minutes. That's a new record, man. 40, <laughs> 40 minutes, minutes, right. <laughs> on the beach in the sand. Ah, I forgot what my time was that particular day. You, you know, say it was 32, it was 32. So on, on that particular day, maybe the, whatever happened the previous day, I was frustrated with some stuff, Jeff. I had taken some things on and I felt responsible for outcomes that I couldn't control. I took, yeah. took too much weight on myself. For example, three days were lined up to have extreme rain and lightning during our seven day vacation. We're supposed to be on the beach and at the water park. And you're going to have this storm is what you're telling me. For yeah, that's coming up. Days. That's wow. coming up. Hey, wow. all the plans and the stuff and the, and it just yeah. felt heavy. Like, how are we going to pivot and change and tried to do some research to find some other activities. And I'm like, I'm stuck. And so right before the, the rain came in, or I think it was raining a little bit, but the heavy stuff hadn't come in. I'm like, I, I got to go for a run and get away and try to get out of this angst that I was in at the time. Yeah. So it ended up being beautiful and got away from that, got back to the family and everything turned out great. God had other plans. We got directed in ways and we just had the ultimate family time and turned out it was wonderful, but that's good, man. And, and that, you know what you said right there. So often we focus on temporary drama, yes. the drama of this world that we can't control. You know, I, I talk about that in a new book, cut through the noise. And I actually spoke about it in, in the book, faith without fear, because it's so prevalent is that we're focused on this temporary drama and God's word, second Corinthians four, 16 through 18 says, it gives us the eternal perspective and it tells us to not focus. It says that even though our outward man is perishing, we do not need to focus on those temporary things, right? Temporary things of life. We need to focus on the eternal things of God, things that really matter to him. And we do that when we can shift that focus, we shift that, shift that perspective. Things, you know, just look so much clearer, but doing that is times it can be difficult, especially when you're looking at things the way the society tells us to look at it. And that's why, you know, we're not to conform to the pattern of this world, but to renew our minds through God's scripture. And if we can do that, then we can, it's a better chance we're going to maintain the right perspective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was frustrating knowing you're on vacation, knowing you got four days left and three is going to be rain. Man, I, <laughs> like, I know I was, I'm with you. I'm like, I can only be in this hammock for so long. I just can't keep sitting here and playing board games with everybody. I'm like looking at the beach. It's like right there. I can see it. Yeah. 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 And can't enjoy it. So cut through the noise, four steps to joy, peace, and freedom. So agree with the first step for sure. Pause and understand what's happening, what's going on. And I also add vision to that. There's the current, the right now, and then there's the, where are you going? Right. No. And, and you'll get that. I mean, it's almost like, you know, for, for those of the guys that are listening that, that are leaders in the marketplace or community, wherever that is, you're going to do that. You're going to have some, you know, a lot of times they call it a post-mortem where you're looking mm -hmm. at a project didn't go well. You, you recognize, you look at it, but at the same time, you're going to look at what's going on right now before you roll out a new product, roll out a new service. What's funny is it's easier to do that. The mindset that we have as men that is easier to do that in the marketplace, but yet in your own life, 
we struggle with that. And that's why in this book, I mean, I just flip this around and really give you these simple, easy, actionable steps. But here's the, here's the key. I don't just tell you how to do it, Dan. I tell you why you should do it. Because if you know the reasoning behind something, then it helps you to really apply those steps and implement them in your life. I, I kind of look at, I talk about this in a book that if you needed to go on a diet, you needed to change your health, you know, change your exercise pattern, what, nutrition, whatever that was for health reasons or whatever. And the doctor told you, I want you to do this. I want you to take this certain diet. I want you to exercise a certain way. Got to remove these certain things from your diet. And he just left it there. You probably wouldn't follow it. But if he told you why you need to do that, now you're going to be more acclimated. You're going to be more excited or, or at the very least, you're going to be more more in tune to doing that because you're like, look, if I don't, then this is what's going to happen. And if I do follow this, then this great thing is going to happen. So that reminds me of time, things you put into your body. So guy that I've gotten to know very well over the years, he's an international business coach and he's also a very competitive triathlete. Mm. And one day he looks down and he sees he's got five pounds around his med section that he's had forever. And he's trying to come up with all these ways to clip off a few more seconds of his triathlon time so he can get on the podium, you know, right. first, second, third. And he, and he can't quite do it, can't quite do it. And he looks down one day and he sees that five pounds there and he goes, huh, if I didn't have these five pounds, that might be what I need to get there. And my goodness, I eat pretty well, but I also like dark lager. Oh, well, there you go. Almost every day. <laughs> so do I like dark lager more? Than being on the podium. Hmm. And all of a sudden he had his why. He changed his mindset. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I, I figured it out and I'm going to quit the dark logger. I'm going to good. Yeah. That would do it. That would do it for sure. But yeah, for whatever reason, as smart as this guy was that one little thing, he didn't. Well, and probably he really, he, I, I, I don't know how he's thinking, but my thought process would be, I run every day. If I'm doing this, then, you know, I'm evening everything out. I'm, I'm removing those calories, but in a sense, He's adding extra calories. He's removing the, the calories from the food, but he's not removing the calories from the lager. I get yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what else could he be putting in his body? You know, right. so he's going supplement, like he's going through the list for a year. And then he finally <laughs> trips on that. He probably knew what it was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He just didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it. And then he got the why behind it. Like you right. were talking about, okay, I'm going to move forward with that. I want to see how good I can be. Cause you know, age is going to catch up and he's not going to be able to be as good as he currently could be. So yeah, that, that was a big factor when I was doing massive training before I turned 40. Oh no. I, and, and you have a why, why you got married. You have a why, why you had kids. I mean, there's always a why, why you're working in a certain position that you're in right now. I mean, whatever that reason is, there's always a why, but we got to take this. Why we really got to look at it and go, okay, why is it that I'm attracted to this? Why am I distracted by these things? If I can understand that, then you know what? It's going to make falling in step to really spend more time with God, to do these other things and to do the stuff that I really need to do, that I really need to focus on. It's going to make it a lot easier. So I'm super in tune with spending time with God because one thought that, that triggers in my mind and it makes me cry every time it comes up. So I know it's a big thing is one, I'm going to heaven. However, the people closest around me, I want them with me. I want them up mm. there too. And if I'm not standing firm, you know, steadfast in the faith, then I'm not quite that rock. I'm not that 
pillar, that, that leader that helps others around me stay firm in the faith also. And I think about my kids not being in heaven, you know, they're nine and seven, both daughters right now, currently, and, you know, at that age, they go along with pretty much everything, but if I'm not doing what I need to do now, how does that impact them in the future? And so I just want to do my part. That's yeah. a big word, man. I mean, it's, I'm the same way. And I think as you get older, like I said earlier, I just turned 50, uh, July 28th. And I think as you get older, and at least for me on that day, this word legacy kept coming in my mind. You know, what, what legacy am I leaving my children? And I think as men, as, as Christian dads, as individuals working, you know, and innately, we want to create this financial legacy. You know, I, I know I, I struggle with that. I deal with that. Yeah. But it really, that, that legacy is more than that. It is a spiritual legacy. And so what is the legacy that we're going to leave? And, I, and, and what you just shared right there is, is so key. And, I, and I, I really think what you're doing there is so vital. And I would almost bet that your whole audience is doing that is they're trying to leave this spiritual legacy to help ignite the faith that they have or instill the faith that they have in their children. Yeah, we actually did get quite a few comments of guys that say, hey, I'd like to, I need to, I'm recognizing this in my life. However, I'm currently not. So hmm. if you're one of those guys that's had those thoughts or you're hearing me or Jeff talk, what would you say to a guy that expresses that or is thinking that, Jeff? Man, I would say, number one, you're not alone because um, we all think that. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're somebody like, I can't think of a name right now, but hit, written a hundred books or has never written a book or speaks for a living or, you know, is more introverted. It doesn't matter as, as a believer in Christ. And if you're a dad, you're going to have these thoughts. And I would say, number one, or may, secondly, I would say, that's good that you're having these thoughts. And the reason why, because that means that you have the right heart, just like David. Um, he didn't always do the right thing, but yet he wanted to do the right thing, having the right heart. And I would say that's the first step that you need to be in. Because if you're not thinking there, then God, you know, it's going to be tough for him to do work in you, work through you. And if you have that thought and you're struggling with that, I would say, you know what? Go to God in prayer and say, Lord, I need help. I need help with this. I want to do this. What is one simple thing I can do? And I think one simple thing you can do is show your kids that you're on fire for the Lord. And it doesn't have to look like Dan. It doesn't have to look like me. It doesn't have to look like somebody else. It could be, you know what? Hey, I read this scripture today. This impressed upon me. You guys mind if I share it with you? Or maybe just do a quick prayer, whatever that is. If they can see that and just start doing it more on a consistent basis, what will happen is it'll naturally happen. So I'll give you an example of what you just said. So whether you go to church, don't go to church. Here's an example. This doesn't have to be what you do, but this is an example. This one happened on Sunday last week. I've been inconsistently having success after church, having conversations about whatever we took in as a family. And this particular reading uh, was from Joshua. And part of it was, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We built a house years ago. And as we're doing that, we wrote Bible verses all over different walls on, you know, the studs before they got yeah, covered up cool. with drywall and everything. And right above the threshold, there was that one. And that one caused me to pause. I'm like, Something about that written contract, which is what it felt like I was doing by writing mm. that above the door. I'm like, I already am, but this feels like I'm going to live in this house for a really long time. And I'm making this absolute firm. And I, 
you know, it shook me a little bit. Yeah. I can't tell you why, but I felt like I was already in that lane. Well, it's holding you accountable. I think is what you're saying. Yeah. It's yeah. A reminder, constant reminder to you that this is what you need to do. I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah. Absolutely. So that, that one, that one had me. So I'm like, Oh wow. How cool. This is, this is in the readings that we're doing this week. This is great. And I wasn't sure if my wife noticed it or not, or if she knew how impactful that was to me or any of that. And, uh, as we we're driving home, I said, Hey, you know, how is, you know, service today and, you know, whatever we're joking around and say, Hey, uh, one of the quotes today from the verses was as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm like, that was a really, really big deal. I just love that one. And I shared the story about that. And I said, so my question for you is which guy said that? Which guy said that? Oh, you're asking me? No, not you. No, not oh, you. Like, not oh. you. But I was asking my kids. I was asking my kids. And my kids go, ah, uh, ah, uh, I don't know. Was it, was it Jesus? Like, no, it, it wasn't. But I'll give you a hint. It, it was a J. Uh, yeah. It was, it was John. It was James. Dad, can you give me a list of all the saints whose names begin with J? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did incentivize them. I said, hey, listen, I'll give you a dollar if you come up with it. As a matter of fact, I'll give each sister a dollar and I don't care who, who comes up with it. And they're like, Oh, Mike, if you can come up with it before we get home, if you figure it out after we get home, I'll give you 50 cents each. Yeah. And, oh man, look, he's tough. And they were fighting, they were fighting. They're trying to scramble, you know, in the next couple of minutes. And I said, you know what I'll also do? I'll also give you the, you know, the book from church that has all the readings and everything in it. Yeah. And they start firing and scrambling and looking for August 22nd in there. And then they, it's Joshua. That's <laughs> I was right. like, absolutely. And so, yeah, I gave him the dollar when we got home, but I was like, you know, they were all fired up and totally bought into having a discussion. I was able to capture their attention for a while. That's and good. It's a good way of doing it. Very so creative. Next week. Hey guys, rings are coming up and everything. I may or may not have a question for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and see how, you know, at nine and seven during service, as you know, not always, t you know, easy to keep them focused for that long, but, you know, just looking for things that are working for a while and then you'll have to find something else that works. But that was just a, a recent fun one that, uh, that we really enjoyed and talked to my wife a little bit after that. And we're like, all right, let's be a little bit more teamwork on this one. Yeah. That's great. So that, that so really that we is. Keep. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that, that was a recent success. So that's cool, brother. Yeah. Have you got any examples of something you know, maybe in your family or maybe guys that you work with that has been helpful? Well, I can tell you one specifically with my daughter. My daughter is, is older. Our son is four. And so he, under, you know, he, he gets some stuff, but doesn't, you know, really at that age, didn't, doesn't get a lot um, in terms of this, you know, spiritual component. Right. He's like, Jesus died on the cross. You know, Jesus is God and, and Jesus saved us. So he gets all that. But my daughter came to know Christ at six years old. And now me, part of what I do is, you know, that book, Faith Without Fear, is it teaches individuals, teaches believers how to easily and naturally share the gospel of Christ without any fear, how to do it naturally, confidently, and with power. And that's what that book, Faith Without Fear, does. So my daughter would see me share the gospel with others, okay? And at, let me see, probably seven years old, she had seen it numerous times. You know, remember at six years old, she placed her faith in Christ and seven years old. She was in a, from about five to seven, eight years old, I was coaching her soccer team. That was really cool yeah. to do that. And, and what I found is you can be so much tougher on your kids coaching than anybody else on the team. You know, that's really, 
it's an interesting dynamic. She was in the summer soccer camp. I would take her to this camp and instead of going home because it's so far away, I just kind of stayed there. Yeah. And the coach from there was from the UK. And after one of the practices or one of the camp practices, I started or I began to share the gospel. He was like, well, yeah, I get that. I believe in God, but I don't believe in this. I don't believe in heaven, I think is what he said. And my daughter at seven years old at the time, she said, but do you believe in angels? And I thought that was interesting. It was an interesting question. Like hmm. she, she got what I was doing. She understood that part of when you're sharing your faith, you know, you're not spitting out all this stuff. And, and I teach that in the book, but you're asking where this person is. That way, you know what you need to say. So you can be on the same plane as they are. So you can relate with them. And so she got that, like she put two and two together. And she said, do you believe in angels? And he said, yeah. And then that allowed me to continue the conversation. And I just, you know, I'm glad to tell you that um, he came to know Christ as his Lord and Savior mm -hmm. that day. That was a blessing. Wow. But here was the thing. There was a, a moment where it wasn't going anywhere. And without my daughter asking that, that critical question, I don't know what the conversation would have done. I don't know where we would have gone with it. But that really to him was the moment where he was like, huh, maybe I'm open to hearing what you have to say because of that, because she could relate with him. Right. Right. And then when I told her part of my salvation story is I had this big wreck. I was, my car flipped. This was back in uh, 1996. And for a period of four years of my life, 96 to 2000, I was severely depressed. I had suicide thoughts almost every day in my life. I didn't want to live, had no hope. I was making all this money in, in telecom and I was getting promoted. I was in psychiatric counseling. I was on antidepressant and OCD medications. None of this stuff was helping me, Dan. None of it was helping me. And you think it would, right? You think it would, but it didn't until somebody shared the gospel of Christ with me. 180 degrees the opposite way. I stopped running away from God, started running to him. And my life ever since then has been so much better. I mean, it's just amazing. And I shared that story with my daughter. And I said, look, what happened was this. I was driving late one night. I shouldn't have been driving. And my, I didn't know Jesus. I, I, I didn't trust in Jesus as my savior. And, and I said, I was driving. My car flipped in the air, got this bad scar on my hand and all this stuff. And you know, it's a miracle that I lived. And she said, daddy, do you know where you were driving that night? I said, yeah, I was driving home. She said, no, you were driving to hell. She got it. Yeah. She understood by just, you know, seeing me share the gospel, by talking about scripture, doing all these different things. She understood that that's where I was going because I did not have a personal relationship with Christ. I'll just never forget that. Wow. That sounds like something my oldest daughter would say as well. Like the stuff that comes out of kids' mouths sometimes is just so wise and usually simple. I was right there in front of us. Yeah. Out of the mouth of babes, just like yeah. in scripture. Yeah. That's awesome. So what was a critical time when you were, you know, the accident, the depression, like how bad was it? Or, or what was a time where you thought you were hopeless? And then, oh man, every day for four years, it, it was every day for four years. I, I just, you know, I felt like when that happened, I, I had this big scar on my hand. I, I look at it now. I don't even see it, but you know, I started losing my hair at the same time. And I'll just tell you, I would still miss my hair. I promise you, I still miss my hair. But what happened was I bought into these lies that the enemy Satan was telling me, you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You don't measure up. You're the black sheep of the family. 
No one's going to ever love you. God's never going to love you. Whatever you do is not going to matter. And so I bought into all those lies. It just made me so depressed. It made me feel so bad that in my mind, I had no hope. You know, part of what I had, the OCD symptoms I had was called body dysmorphic disorder. Um, a lot of people call it the broken mirror. And so any imperfection, flaw, cut, whatever that was, to me, it manifested itself. It almost looked like a mountain. It was so big. That's what body dysmorphic disorder does. And so they try to treat that through uh, medications and things like that. And it just made it worse. And um, it wasn't until I understood the gospel, until somebody shared that with me. Now, I'll say this, that I grew up in church, Dan, but I never heard the gospel message. I thought it's by what I do, the you know, mm-hmm. good works that you do. I know this, and, and I know your dad's noticed that we can never measure up to that. You know, what good is good enough? Until I earned, understood the gospel, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all those who believe, Romans 1.16. Until I understood that it's the power of God, not the power of man, by what we do or don't do, until I understood that and accepted that work that he did by faith, that I was always never going to measure up. And so when I placed my faith in Christ, it was like this 180 degree radical shift. You know, God transformed my life. He, he literally saved my life spiritually and physically. And so when that happened, I began to see myself the way that God sees us, that we are forgiven, that we are lovable, that we are acceptable, that we are worthy, and that our identity is not based on how we look, what we do, how well we perform, you know, so on and so forth. It's based on what Jesus did for us and how he sees us. And with that, that really, really helped me to just, now I'm, I'm proud to say since then, no medication, nothing like that. Now, some people would say I probably still need it, at least to calm down, right? <laughs> right, right. But it's just amazing when you can accept your true identity and you see that God loves you no matter what, then you can accept yourself no matter what. Was that a process or was that just a one day flip a switch or? It was the gospel. It was the gospel. It was right then. Now I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I still didn't struggle with stuff because even though you place your faith in Christ and, and your audience knows this, even though you place your faith in Christ, you still have that old self, that old mindset that is still there. So you got to work that out. Like Paul says, you got to still, you know, work through that. It's a process that that's sanctification right? Mm-hmm. That's the process that we have to go through. And really what, for me, what was so big is I was led to the Lord by a Christian counselor. And, you know, two or three weeks later, um, he came, I came back and he said, now what I want you to do is go share what Jesus did for you to others. Basically share the gospel, share your testimony. And I was like, no, 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 I'm good with the salvation thing, but I'm not good with that part because what happened what that body dysmorphic disorder did before I came to know Christ is it, I would put a bandage on my left hand all the time. I'd wear long sleeve shirts in the, yeah. even in the blistering Texas heat. And if you've read my book, faith without fear, I talk about that, but um, I'd wear a cap everywhere. I went, I did this never wore a short sleeve shirt. And, you know, I was kind of starting to get out of that when I placed my faith in Christ, but I still didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to, uh, show people this scar on my hand, even though I was beginning to accept it. Right. I didn't want others to see it because it, to me, it reminded me of all the bad choices I did, the shame and the guilt, that sort of stuff. And he said, now I want you to go tell other people about it. And it took <laughs> an extra two weeks to accept that. 
And he said, now what I, what you, what I want you to do is go show them the scar. Go show them the lies that you were believing. And I'll tell you at the beginning, it's a little tough, you know, because, you know, you get in a group of guys and they're like, hey, my name is so-and-so. I'm struggling with this. And he came to me. I said, yeah, my name is Jeff Jarena and I'm struggling with body dysmorphic disorder. And they're all like, what? What is that? Like everybody else, you could understand what it was. Right. With me, I had to explain it. I'm like, thanks, God. Now I'm really put on the spot. You know, you just get a red face. I could just tell I was sweating right in the face. And the more that I exposed the lie, the more that I showed that, you know what happened? The quicker it went away. The quicker I could see myself the way Christ saw me. And that to me is the beauty of community, the community of, you know, confessing sharing with another brother in Christ, what is going on in your life, what you're struggling with. Basically the, the moral of the story is don't be alone. Don't be in the dark, get out in the light. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, when you pause, when you reflect, when you, you know, or even just look back and discover those thoughts that aren't productive, uh, the, you mentioned you're not worthy. That one was a huge one for me. And as I talked to most guys, most guys at some point have struggled with that also. If it's not that, it's something else, you know, super big, you successful and lives look great, but most guys either currently have something or they had to overcome something really, really big. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got to get to the point where for me, the one key verse that really turned it around for me, it really helped was first Samuel 16, seven. It says, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then Psalm 119.32 says, I run in the path of your commands. This is a psalmist talking to God. I run in the path of your commands for you set my heart free. See, that's what Jesus does for all of us is he sets our hearts free. It's just so monumental. And you have to remember here, I talk about this a lot when, when I'm interviewed on other shows and I talk about it several times on the podcast, on the Men Unplugged podcast, is that there's this Japanese art form called Kitsugi. Okay, I think I'm saying that right. I have an East Texas draw, but it's called <laughs> Kitsugi. And what it is, is they take these broken pots, these broken pieces. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you heard about this. Oh, so they yeah. take these broken pieces and that are worth nothing, maybe a dollar, two dollars at most, and they put them together with gold. Okay, they put them back together with gold. And because of that, now they're priceless. And so that, take that analogy, take that, that, that illustration. And you have to really apply it to your life because that's what Jesus did for us is he takes all of our brokenness, all of our bad thoughts, all of our sins, all of our misdoings, all the stuff that we're never going to do, all the stuff that we think we're going to fail at, that we're not good enough, takes all these broken pieces and puts them together with this eternal gold of salvation, grace, forgiveness, love, all that. And now we are priceless. Now we are worth more than anything in the eyes of God. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the gold where it's bonded is actually stronger than it was originally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Better than super good. Yes. Yeah. That is just <laughs> like really, really cool. And they're super pretty too. No, they are. They really are. So tell me with like men, as you work with them, where do you see some dysfunction? Where do you see some struggle? Where do you see the areas that they want to grow? Man. Oh, that's, that's a great question, Dan. That really is a, a great question. Um, man, how long do we have? <laughs> I'm going to put myself in the mix here too, because 
I don't have all the answers either. I think collectively we have the answers. I, I know that's why you do your show. Yeah. Um, that's why I run the Men Unplugged podcast is bringing all these uh, thought leaders, these, these well-known Christian leaders that we can hash this stuff out together. And so I, I say this in a very humble way, saying at the same time, I'm in the same mix. I'm in the same mix. But I think probably one of the biggest things that I think men are really trying to get this thing right, I will, I'll bring up two. And I think when, you, when I say these, everything's going to really filter from that. But I would say, number one, it's pride. You know, how do, we, how do we break through this wall of pride I think that we have? You know, some men, they don't have that much, or maybe they don't have it as much or as on a regular basis than other guys do. And I'm not trying to single anybody out here or make anybody feel bad or convicted. How do we get through this wall of pride? And the only way to do that is you have to instill the virtue of humility. Mm-hmm. Because pride and humility cannot work together, okay? They cannot be in the same place. It's either or. And so if we're really going to want God to really work in our lives, we've got to bust through this wall of pride. And the way to do that is to um, apply the virtue of humility. Because humility says, look, God's way is better than my way. His will for my life is better than what I think is better for my life because what I think is better for my life translated into pride. So I would say that's number one. And then secondly, it's this issue of work-life balance. What does that look like? How do you do that? And I'm, I'm not trying to plug the book again, but that's what Cut Through the Noise does. Okay, that book, my training, and if you guys ever want to get that, you can go to menunplug.net forward slash noise, that's N-O-I-S-E, and get that. And in that, for your listeners, there's over 40 minutes of bonus audio that's free where I talk with other top Christian leaders, and I ask them how they cut through the noise in their own life. How do they remove those distractions? And this stuff is not on a regular Men Unplugged podcast. This is bonus material, and if you decide to get the paperback book, it's free shipping. But it's how do you get this work-life balance it's easy. It was easier. I mean, Paul talks about this in the Bible. He says, don't get married. It's easier right. to be single, right? Right. We know that because when you're married and now when you have kids, your mindset, your heart, your time is going to be divided. And so how do you balance all that out? And I think that's probably um, one of the biggest things that I hear the most. I think it was just Ephesians I was reading yesterday and it it talked about exactly that. And when you're married, you're tied to earthly desires. No, oh, for real. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, your, your desires aren't just yours now. Now it's multiplied by your wife's and by your kids. So we've talked quite a bit about us as guys, and we've talked quite a bit about uh, our relationship with God. When we shift that, we do all this work for ourselves and spend time with God. But when we shift that to leading the family, shift into that and talk about that a little bit, if you would. Man, that's a good question. I would tell you, uh, leading your family, I think you have to be willing to be radical, to be different than society. I don't want to sound cliche here because I know your audience, you know, Christian men, Christian dads, and I don't want to keep saying the same thing that everybody else says. But I do think I come back to this that now in today's age, you know, part of my heart is to help men ignite their faith and succeed in life. And, and the reason why that is, because I'm trying to do that in my life too, every day. And I don't get it right. In fact, I get it wrong more than I get it right. 
But we go back to David. I want to get it right. I want to get it right. And so I come back to this. You got to be so ready, so willing, and so radical that you're willing to follow Jesus at any cost that other people see you as, man, this guy's crazy. What is he doing? But more than that, what is it that you have? I want that. And I'm going to read two scripture verses here real quick. And I think as I share this, it's going to make so much sense. Matthew 4, 19 says, Jesus, you know, when he was recruiting the first disciples, and really this is the first training camp for evangelism. This is what he did. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And then so often what we miss here, this is what we miss, is the next word. Verse 20 says this immediately. Immediately they dropped their nets and followed him. So I think we kind of, we skim through the word immediately. And what that applies, what that means, what that's saying is that they were out here on the boats. They were out here fishing, their, how they made their living. I mean, if they didn't fish, they didn't get paid. They didn't get to eat. They immediately dropped their nets, followed Jesus. They didn't go home to get pick up spare change to make a sack lunch to go say bye to their families. They didn't do any of that. They didn't go home and say, you know what, Jesus, let me think about it. Let me pray about it, and I'll get back to you. They didn't do any of that stuff. They immediately dropped everything to follow Jesus because they knew what he had was better than anything they can attain on earth. Now, they didn't know exactly what it was. They're like, man, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to go on that journey because I know that's the best path for me that I can ever have. And here's the thing. They were there for three years. They walked, talked, ate, slept, did all these, served with Jesus, and yet they still missed a bunch of stuff. They still didn't get a bunch of stuff. And that's, that's good news for us because they were there physically with Christ. So if we get stuff messed up, you know what? That's cool. That's okay. Because even our early, you know, the apostles, the disciples are those that were leading the way. They got it messed up too. But it comes back to this. They had to be so radical, so willing to do this stuff that no matter what happened, they knew that was the best path. I, tr I truly think that's how we have to be today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. Having that courage to stand up and do what's right. And, you know, some people are for me and some people aren't for me. And yeah. can't let the, the ways of the world and the opinions of others sway us. So, oh, oh man. I hope what I'm saying makes sense. It does make sense. It so much makes sense. It's as I, as I hear you talking, as I play it back in my own life, I'm like, I remember when I had the mask up. I remember when I had to act a certain way, be a certain way, pretend to be a certain way. And life is just so much easier when I don't have any of that. Just let it Amen. all go. And Amen. it's, uh, you don't have to remember who you're supposed to be in certain situations. You don't have to pretend to be the top guy. You don't, it just, you just are. Your identity is not A, B, C, D, whatever that is. Your identity is not in something on earth. Your identity, my identity, is in the one who created the earth. Big difference there. Yeah, huge, huge difference. My uh, uh, podcast engineer, we're putting the graphics together and the artist sent over a final without my name on it. And he was so upset. And he's like, how could this happen? This is terrible. This guy's going to fix this immediately. I'm so sorry. And I said, no, I, I, I pass it along to you. Like, I'm good. Like, that's the way it should have been in the very first place. I never wanted my name on it, but you guys do what you guys are doing. And he's like, are you sure? 
Like, yeah, because this isn't about me at all. You had the kingdom of God mindset as opposed to the kingdom of me mindset. Exactly. And so this guy works for corporate companies and stuff and, you know, people building their own individual brands and all that. And so he knew how upset they, they would be traditionally. That was exactly the opposite. I know, no, man, this is, this is the way it should be. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Let's you've got the eternal perspective, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we close this out, I always like to ask if you, if there's an additional thought you'd like to throw out with our audience and then a preface, if you've also got a challenge they'd like to throw out to the audience, something that they can complete this coming week. Mm, man, that's big. I like that. I like that last question, man. That, I've never heard that question before. I really like that. You know, I'm, I'm saying that because I'm stalling. I'm trying to. Yes. Think trying to <laughs> <laughs> so I asked that question so that people can have an action item so that they don't just leave the podcast and go, oh, that was, that was a nice, entertaining 30 minutes or hour or whatever it was. I want people to take something from the podcast and move forward with their life, change their life a little bit. Silly plug, throw a review there. Folks, we could use an Apple podcast review from time to time, but share this with others. And when we've got this challenge, we can also share the challenge with somebody else in our life and help them take action as well. So have you thought of something? Yeah. To throw okay. Out there? So words of wisdom, All right. words of wisdom. Here's one. Okay. So this is uh, uh, something that Lord showed me um, and I put it in the new book, cut through the noise. And here it is. I mean, this to me, it really, it really helps me. Don't be drawn by the distractions of the world, but live a life that's devoted to a life in Christ. Okay, I think that that says up a lot there, sums it up. Um, I would say that words of wisdom. And then the challenge, I would say, the challenge for me will be one, I just um, rolled out a podcast episode, I believe it was Monday. And um, it's a three part series on leadership. Okay, and I talk about different qualities of leadership. And one of those qualities I give the first quality I give there, it's, it's, it's an innate quality, I think every leader has, and especially if you want to be an effective successful Christian leader, whether that's at home in your family, marketplace, community, church, ministry, wherever that is, I think you need this quality. And so I would ask this, are you living in such a way where you have that same conviction that Jesus Christ had, that same conviction that Noah had? Remember when God told Noah to build the ark, first thing he's probably thinking is, what? What? What is it? First of all, what's an ark? And secondly, I'm going to build this big boat because where's the water? I don't see any rain. What's going on here? But yet he was so convicted to do that, that because of his conviction, I believe that God used Noah, obviously, to save the entire world, save mankind. We know God did that, but yet he used Noah and used his conviction to complete the ark so that we're saved, that we're living today. And so I would say, are you living with that same conviction that those guys had? So ask yourself that question this week, guys, and examine your life. That, that's a great challenge. And even myself, as I ask myself that question, there's areas of my life that I discover. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. I'm not at all pushing the boundaries here. I'm not getting better in this area. <laughs> Funny thing, Jeff, I almost mentioned it before. You're talking about guys doing radical guys having a little bit crazy about them. And just this week, I'd seen a, a little thing out there and it said, Noah was crazy. Until it started yeah. raining. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah, he looked like everyone was like, what? But yet his steadfastness kept that his old crazy Noah over there. He's still building that thing. Exactly. No doubt. Hey, can I get a ride? 
<laughs> open it up. Open up the door for me, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time, Jeff. Thank you so much. Uh, it was great getting to know you better. You know, uh, people that have had depression, anxiety, whatever the three words were that you used, uh, the, the body dysmorphism. It's awesome to have people kind of disclose that, walk through their their journey and just be vulnerable like that. Because uh, oftentimes guys aren't vulnerable and we keep our, our masks up and our guard up. So one, thanks for being vulnerable. And then thanks for having the courage to move forward and publish books and have your podcast and just be a voice and a guide and a leader because other guys really want to do something and are just looking for community, a little bit of action items and encouragement to move along the way. So thank you for being a catalyst and and helping guys move closer to Christ. And with that, lead their families closer to Christ as well. Man, I really appreciate that. That means a lot that you said that. And Dan, thanks for having me a guest on the show. Keep up the great work, brother, and keep getting a spark going because we got to get a fire going here in Christianity and we got to lead the way, brothers. We got to lead the way. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Jeff. And thanks everybody for listening. And uh, if you check out the Men Unplugged podcast, throw a uh, throw some reviews Jeff's way and uh, feel free and throw those on Apple or uh, Amazon audible podcast as well on my side. So bless you guys and bless your families. And uh, may you have a fantastic week and contemplate that question. See you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the journey of a Christian dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light, shine that light out and let others see it with you guys. Part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. I hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith grow as spiritual leaders of their family as we engage in our journey and be intentional with it we can help others grow theirs as well we thank you again for listening we thank you for all your reviews look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show so dear god thanks for blessing all of us and thanks for drawing us closer to you in your name we pray amen have fun guys